Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Today's episode of the Sleepers Podcast is presented by Xavier Simpson's late night taxi service. Avoid a DUI with Xavier Simpson's 3 a.m. taxi service because the cops don't even breathalyze us. We use crash-tested cars provided by our athletic director, and we'll get you back on the court in no time. I need someone to sponsor this show who is anti-Michigan State just to even out the energy a little bit, don't you think? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on the lookout, though, for I know all your names that you come up with, so if you create a burner Venmo account, and I get something about a Michigan State average. I'm going to know it's you. I have such good ideas, though. Shout out to Keith Johnson uh, for another fantastic ad read. I'm already blurry. The video format of this, I'm already blurry. Uh, we're off to a rocky start on this Wednesday. But, hey, here we are. We're, we're going to keep doing what we do. Uh, we have a bunch of fun topics to get to today. We're going to talk top Big Ten freshmen. Uh, we're going to talk a Michigan State freshman's little brother, and then we're going to talk about the best transfer class in the country as well. Uh, yesterday, we announced that we have launched a Discord. That's still true. Link to that is in the description of this episode. How'd you think day one of Discord went, Cart? Uh, you know what? I think having a little bit of self-reflection, um, I think we cleared some things up after the announcement, but I don't think that we came across with maybe the correct message in starting the Discord. If, if if we if I had to go back, I feel like we could have done it maybe a little bit differently. But I'm personally enjoying it. Things were a little clunky. What would you have changed? What did we do wrong? Uh, I think that we didn't let people know that we're like not cutting them off if they don't join the Discord. We're just there's some other things that you can get on top of getting your daily sleeper episodes that you can also get on the Discord. And I think that people are also overlooking the fact that. People forget that we got college football newsletters coming out. And if it's $10 a month, like you're winning that first day in a bet. That's all I'm saying. Like, no, you are. You're going to win that first weekend in a bet to cover those costs. We're, honestly, it's going to be a good investment. You're going to come out on top. So, you know, a little, little measly $10 has some, you know, some added features I think are, are well worth it, to be honest with you. And damn it, we know our worth. We'll see how this goes. Um, yeah, I think a couple of things from my end. We definitely weren't as clear as we could have been that we have no expectation of people to like start paying us. Like this is just something we're putting out there because we had some people ask us, hey, is there a good way to support you? Oh, by the way, you should start a Discord. Uh, if you don't want to join the Discord, if you don't want to pay us money at all and you still want your sleepers content in the same form that you get it right now, good news for you is that that can continue. There's no problem with that and no hard feelings whatsoever. We know there's going to be a large segment that just keeps consuming us, uh, our content the way that they have. And that's wonderful. But uh, you can join the Discord for some additional fun stuff. I put it like this in text to you, Cart. You're not paying for content from us in the Discord necessarily. You're paying more for relationship and community. That's what I, I view this as. And some people might be like, why the hell would I pay $10 for that? That's totally fine if that's how you feel. Um, but I think you're only going to get your comments read if you're in the discord we're going to prioritize allowing the people in the discord to sort of mold how these episodes go like we might ask people in there what topics they want to hear from or, or what what we should cover any given day um so all that said we still want people to consume our content how they have been don't worry about it if you don't feel like paying that's fine first night i think we had like 40 people join though which was pretty good. Um, although I am confused on how Discord works, kind of old man, because I think only 10 of the 40 actually like paid subscribed and got in there able to see everything. So uh, either we have like a 20% actual conversion rate or 
something's not working. We got to figure that out. We'll give it a couple of weeks though. Um, I think there are a couple more comments. Hopefully we can clear up that we'll get to when we read the comments today, but in about two weeks, we will stop reading comments from the YouTube channel and we will just start reading them from the discord. So for that reason, cart, let's start with two comments. We got from the discord last night, a couple of names that you may recognize. If you listen to these episodes, Koi says plain bagels toasted with chive and onion sh- Emer onion, what is that? Shream, scream, cream cheese, cream, cream cheese, onion, cream cheese is the correct bagel. Oh, and in no word world is Terrence Shannon a guard. Illinois starting lineup is point guard, wing, 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 big. Oh, here we go, coy positionless. <laughs> the, the, the best bagels are not up for debate either. Um, honestly, the fact that you love and go out and choose on a, on a daily basis when it is bagel time, a plain bagel, that's alarming to me. That I, I chalk that up as one of the you know few tally marks where I feel a little bit reserved and fully trusting you. Uh, the best bagel out there is Asiago cheese bagel by far. No, no if ands or buts about it. Um, no, I mean, you can get it from anywhere, but the best bagel is Asiago cheese bagel, and it's not for debate. When we say bagel, though, are we talking like just eating a bagel by itself solely, or are we talking about like in any setting, like a bagel sandwich? You We're talking about the bagel, bagel by itself. Oh, so that, that's different because I it's not like I'm out here eating plain bagels by themselves, loving it. Like, well, even, I mean, on, but even on a breakfast sandwich, like, there's so many other bagels I would go with. For the record, when I order a breakfast sandwich, I usually do Asiago cheese. Uh, okay. If I'm eating a plain I'm back, bagel, I'm if I'm eating a plain bagel, it's probably a French toast bagel or it's a plain bagel sliced with peanut butter and toasted. Those are my okay. routes. Okay. All right. That, that makes it a lot better. By the way, schmear was the word I was looking for from Koi. Onion schmear. Uh, interesting word. Tough word. I don't know. You don't, how like I, cream. you don't like cream cheese, do you? I don't like cream cheese. I also don't like schmear. Cream. I mean, technically, peanut butter is a schmear. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I don't want schmear. Ulamog is in the Discord as well. He says Apple TV doing a documentary on Messi and his transition to the MLS has got to be the slimiest, biased doc since the last dance. Messi scored again last night. What do you know? Inter Miami has not. I'm out on Messi. Miami has not lost, and Messi has scored every single game. I'm out on Messi and the experience. Why? It's just like it's 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 a cop out. He shouldn't be there. He's too good to be playing at MLS. He truly is. Yeah, like, I mean, like go go to the Saudi league or something. Like I was talking about this the other day, and for those who don't know, um, there's this new league uh, in, in Saudi Arabia that's a little bit you know controversial because of what Saudi Arabia and their morals are. But it's a new soccer league, and they're paying crazy amounts of money. You know, think of it as like a a live type for. Um, for soccer type setting, but all the best players damn near in the world who are a little bit on the older side are going to Saudi Arabia right now. So the level of competition is actually, you know, up there and pretty good. Like a Saudi Arabian team would wax an MLS team, probably seven, nothing. I, I truly believe that. So it's just like the goal yesterday for Messi, no one steps up to the greatest player to ever touch a, a, a soccer ball within 20 yards of the goal and then he sends a one that starts rolling, not a, not a screamer, not a top bins goal, just a nice little roller into the bottom corner. Like, come on, man. It's not even fun. It's, I mean, it's exciting. Like I get why American fans are like freaking out about it. I, I just, I, I used to be that way. I'm out though now. I just want to draw a distinction between the people who are like, Oh my God, this is so great for American soccer. No, this is horrible. For American soccer, like this is just showing how far off the MLS is from any other league on earth. Like the MLS is probably not even a top 10 league on earth would be my my inclination. So, um, yeah, and it's tough. It's tough. Like EPL came back and I was so excited. I was watching Pram. I was betting goal scores over the weekend, doing a round robin, by the way. Fantastic. Uh, and like the fact that Messi, the GOAT, Never took his talents to the best league in soccer, but instead is scoring a goal every game, winning every single game just by waltzing out on the pitch and then hitting Publix after and getting a chicken tender sub. That doesn't sit right with me. 
I'm not happy about that. Uh, anyways, those were the two comments from Discord. Hopefully that grows over the next couple of weeks. We would like to see more people in there. If you have questions about how the Discord works or what you're getting, or if you're worried about the investment with it, hit us up, let us know. We just want to get more of our community involved in a way where we can actually build relationships with people uh, and hopefully serve them better than we can serve a YouTube comment section with a bunch of profiles that we don't know. With that said, Carl, we are going to answer the 28 comments from our YouTube channel uh, from yesterday. Let's jump right in. First one. Again, Ulamog clipping every single segment. Ulamog, shout out you. Shout out you on the Discord. We love you. Derek McCurr says, Greg's love for Purdue just scares me, and I feel like I should pay for this Discord because Greg's portion just comes right back to me in the season-long college basketball pool. First of all, shout out Derek McCurr, uh, one of my, actually my first coaching rival back in the St. Gerard days when we were doing eighth grade boys basketball. Uh, they split the teams into two teams from the same like pool of eighth grade boys in a class, and I had one and he had one. And we battled to the death. It was it was a match of wits. It was Bill Self, Coach K, for like two years. Uh, love Derek McCurr. He's a Purdue fan. Derek, we would love you in the Discord. Please actually join. would be great to get you in there. Um, and you're right. I will definitely just keep losing money to you in the season-long pool. That is, we do. is he related to Mike McCurr? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. McCurr family. Legends. Trevor Sally says, Carter, you're right. After watching the highlights from Germany, my excitement shot all the way back where it was for 90% of last season. I'm locked in. On another note, what are your opinions on Miles Colvin? What's the ceiling? What's the floor? If things go well, does Purdue need to prioritize recruiting more athletic guards? No Purdue comments for the rest of the week for me. <laughs> we might talk about Colvin later in the episode, though. Good comment. Thank you, Trevor. Brandon Skalski says, LOL, I'm surprised that Cart didn't put up more of a fight in refusing to talk about Purdue after last week's proclamation that he wouldn't discuss them anymore. But he's right about pumping the brakes on an ED-list team and where they'd be ranked. Lots to be excited about for sure. Still need to see it translate to a regular season game in the minutes where ED rests because it was not great last year. Your thoughts? Well, yeah, it wasn't great last year, but... They added, oh, damn it, I said I wasn't talking about Purdue. I can't, oh my God, I'm Boilermaker. Like, You're playing both sides too, because I think deep down you you lean where I'm at. Like you think I'm right on a lot of this. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I do, I, 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 but I agree with what I said yesterday. I think you're taking it a little bit too far. The only thing I'll say is that a lot of people are looking at what they look like last year, but like to quote one of my great shows, like the, the, the thing about the old days is, they're the old days, like TKR, better, Braden Smith, better, Fletcher Lawyer, better, everybody better, add Colvin, add Hyde, add other guys, uh, add uh, Waddell. Like, they got a bunch of guys that got better. That's the thing. So that's kind of why we're high on Purdue. And even, like, without Edie, I think they're still a top 15 team. Which, and I thought it was hilarious that somebody responded yesterday and sent us, like, Ken Palm, like, rankings or Torvik, like, on-off rankings. And, like, on-off was, like, 1-23. And I don't know if it was from last year or this year. And I was like, well, if it's 23 and then saying they're top 15 based on what we actually saw and guys getting better, isn't that like crazy of a stretch in my eyes? Yeah. First off, Torvik future cast is a very flawed thing. It's a fun thing to play with in the offseason. Don't get me wrong, but you can like you can find combinations that just make zero sense, like adding a transfer to a roster makes a team worse by like 20 spots that happened a bunch when I was playing with like, Ooh, should Michigan add this guy? Like, Oh, we add Jose Perez and we get 20 spots worse. That makes no sense. Um, and by the way, 23rd is not far off from 15th at all. That actually pretty much reinforces what we're trying to say here. We're just a little rosier on it. And also cart just went point by point through my entire point of why I'm high on Purdue and you just can't get all the way there like I can. You're just stopping yourself because you don't want to be 100% aligned with me on the Purdue bandwagon, but like the points are the points and you agree with the points. You're just stopping yourself before we get to the finish. This is Michigan's fault. It's like you're you're running a marathon and you get literally one block away from the finish line. You stop. You say, I'm out. I'm good. <laughs> That's something I would do. That is a Carter Elliott move, by the way. It would be hilarious. Um, moving on, that boy from Illinois. The TSJ discussion reminded me that I'm always confounded when positions are discussed in basketball. The terms guard, forward, center are always used, but what do they really mean? I'm familiar with the one through five notation for point guard, shooting guard, etc., but it never seems that rigid. Then people throw in terms like wings and combo guards and talk about front courts and back courts. Is that just another way of saying forwards and guards? Help a man learn ball, praying hands emoji. Uh, 
Rashad Phillips has the answer for you, that boy from Illinois. <laughs> Go pre-order that book. <laughs> it's a joke, but uh, how do you feel about positions, Cart? Uh, you know, it's it's just funny to me how it's not it's not the same across all like narratives or people. Like you get to the people who pick awards and they'll put Terrence Shannon on the Jerry West shooting guard list, or they'll put Terrence Shannon on the George Gervin like small forward list, forward list. It's just, I mean, I don't really know. I consider Terrence Shannon a two slash wing. That's kind of where I put him. I don't really put guys in the absolute like, oh, he's a box. Like this is who he is. Unless it's like Zach Eady. Like Zach Eady's a center. That's not up for debate. TKR, I think, would be a power forward and a center. So it's it's just, I don't know. It's all relative, I guess, to each player. It does make it somewhat difficult because I think people do look at it differently. Uh, hence how you look at Terrence Shannon and how I look at Terrence Shannon. Yeah, I also want to bring this back to yesterday's conversation where we used DK's article as fodder for doing our best Big Ten guards or the tiers. And DK did text us, by the way, and explained where he was coming from on the Terrence Shannon thing. Um, I was a little harsh on that. And also, I just totally skipped a paragraph of his article that was literally written in the article. Um, so he used he he assigned Terrence Shannon a guard because of Ken Palm's positional breakdowns, where it shows like the percentage of time you played a position. Terrence Shannon was Illinois point guard 80% of the time, according to Ken Palm last year. That doesn't map with what my eyes said. Um, he had the ball in his hands a lot. So like that, I just, I, I watched enough Illinois to know he wasn't the point guard 80% of the time last year. Um, and I think like the, the point of this whole positional thing and what I was trying to make yesterday is that you can really make whatever narrative you want with positions true, because there's so much information out there in a variety of ways. And you can always lean on eye test too, if you want that, like you can spit whatever angle up that you want. And my inclination is that moving Terrence Shannon to guard is going to open up a spot for Jaden Akins when DK does the wings list. If that wasn't the case, then I don't think he'd be using the Ken Palm numbers to call Terrence Shannon a guard is my point. You can spin it whatever way you want. Um, but anyways, that wasn't meant as a shot at DK. And also quick positional story from me, Cart, from my basketball playing days. I'm like very clearly a small forward. Like I'm Brian Waddell, but with a different first name. Like that's who I am. I'm a three. I'm a shooter. I can do a little off the dribble. Put me in pick and roll a couple times a game. Secondary ball handler, etc. With that said, Car, I was usually the tallest guy on the floor in like the pickup games I play in because all the people that are taller than me actually play real basketball. So I would often be guarded by other the other team's center, which was fantastic for me. Like I feasted on that for a good four to five years because centers can't guard me on the perimeter. Like they they can't chase me as an off ball shooter who's like spotting up and finding the openings. They can't chase me, Car. It was fantastic. So I benefited from it. What do you mean by what do you mean by they? I, I mean bigs. Bigs can't guard me. I'm in your hip pocket. Now you are. And at well, at the time you were too, because you were a college basketball player. But there was that two year window where you weren't playing college anymore that I had you. <laughs> It was all. It always got to a moment where you got. I mean, typical. So that you got cocky and you and you had some words. And there's nothing like when G hits a three on you and has some words because you have words on the court. You do have that in your game. I do. That's true. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm a white shooter. What am I going to do? Not have words? Like, come on. I feel like that's that's an obligation. Wyatt Robinson says, Greg, the Illini men's golf has made it much further than a weekend or two through stroke play than advanced through the top 10 portion for match play. Uh, two individual national champs, Thomas Peters and Scott Langley had no idea. Those guys went to Illinois. He said small is our best coach. Uh, that is incredible. I was joking mostly about the second weekend comment, but um, I have to tap into Illinois were, golf. Game. Were you good at, were you good at golf in high school? No, horrible, horrible. Damn. I, I don't know. I, for some reason, like I feel like it would have been fire if you played golf at Illinois. Like that would have been the perfect situation. Uh, yeah, maybe uh, aesthetically, I think that would have worked. I've seen yeah. the Illinois golf gear, like the polos from that shop in Champaign, were fantastic. So I might need to tap in and get a little Illinois polo. Keith Johnson, thirty-two, who is on the Discord, by the way, says uh, if Izzo landed the Trace Jackson Davis recruitment, does he have another natty in the past four years? Feels a little iffy. 
for me to like assign Trace Jackson Davis the value for a natty. But maybe, right? Like TJD on last year's team maybe could have been that. Yeah. I yeah, and I was thinking like that might be taking it too far, like you said, to assign like TJD automatically gives you the natty boost. But with that said, in the last four years, like you mentioned, I think last year's team with TJD, I think probably could have done it. And given the landscape of what else transcribed in college basketball. I'm going to flip this, and I think Michigan State fans will be shocked that I'm taking this angle. I think if TJD had actually committed to Michigan State, he would have been in the NBA after two years. Um, I think that Izzo would would have gotten a lot more out of him early. And TJD, younger, if he did what he did as a senior, as a sophomore, I think TJD is a first-round pick. Um, Clayton is back, says Illini Golf has made the Final Four in 13, 15, 16, 17. He gives me a lot more details in the long comment about all the specifics of Illinois golf. Um, I feel like we already hit that from a comment, a couple comments, but we keep dissing Clayton. We keep beating Clayton's comments to the punch with other comments. But um, yeah, respect Illini Golf. Apparently, we're Illini golf fans now. Keith is back, says the real question, is Purdue without Zach Eady better than the Jaden Ivey, Travion Williams team without Zach Eady? Also, just want to want to hold Keith accountable here, as he is a, a Discord member. We love him. He spelled Zach Eady, Zach Eddy twice in this comment. He spelled Jaden Ivey wrong in this comment. He spelled Travion Williams wrong in this comment. So, Keith, hey, Keith. We, we need a little more from you, Keith. Uh I get what you're going for, though. Like the Purdue team should have been better a couple of years ago. Zach Eady was on that team, though. By the way, yeah. Also, there was way more malpractice going on with that team than than not playing Zach Eady. Because Travion was the fake teammate of the year. No, no. Stefanovich was the <laughs> shot jacker of the year. Tra- I see. One of my biggest regrets is two years ago we didn't have the community or the following that we do now. They missed my whole Travion Williams narrative. Like what I'm doing with Ty Rogers this offseason, I did the season before with Travion because Travion was doing the Ty Rogers press tour of like, oh, look at me. Look how unselfish I am. Did you guys hear I'm coming off the bench? Did you guys hear that? Like he just wanted everyone like it was it was so selfishly unselfish of Travion to become the story. And oh, by the way, in crunch time, Travion needed the ball every possession because he's Travion Williams. And that was the worst thing for Purdue because Zach Eady was way better than him two years ago. So well, <laughs> one, one day we're going to do a topic of like your top five basketball, like college basketball icks or things that annoy you. At the top of my list, it might not be one. It'll always be top three is players having stories about going to their coach, asking to come off the bench. The biggest load of boy. I mean, nothing makes me more upset. I literally can't stand it. It was so fake with Travion the whole time. And yet all national media were like, oh, what? A, this is the best locker room. He's the best leader. Like, no, he's literally hey, drawing, relax on Travion. OK, he's drawing so much attention to the fact that he's not on the court and yet one of my favorite one of my favorite players ever in crunch time he was still on the court and losing them games uh anyways cascago tie said last year first team was pickett shannon murray tjd and Edie. was murray a three and tjd a four or are positions meaningless for this exercise and they just try to get the best five players on the team if a team plays a three-guard lineup is the third guard called a small forward msu is an example uh shannon might be the second biggest player on the team but he can still be a guard yeah yeah i get all of this um Look, the Big Ten's end of season first team is positionless. That's the truth. We were not selecting the Big Ten's first team yesterday. We were just doing a segment on uh, who the the backcourt tiers were. So, yes, at the end of that segment, I did say, like, okay, pick two for the first team. That was mostly because it's a more fun exercise to do that and because it's obvious to everyone that four of those guys would be on the first team if you just picked four. It's it's not as good for content to just acknowledge who those four are rather than to pick two of those four. But uh, fair points from Ty and from everybody here that that's not how it works in real life, how we did it in the segment yesterday. Clayton says, so remember when the Ty Rodgers talk was a one or maybe two-year guy, you both were high on him, which I'm not saying you aren't now, but am I crazy thinking he's probably a four-year guy? He's definitely a four-year guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a four-year guy. And we're and that, and, that, and that's I feel like that's not reflective of us not being high on Ty Rogers. Honestly, if I could go back and this is just me going off my memory, I think that I 
said that Ty Rogers would be an NBA player. I don't know if I necessarily said that it would be like a two, two or four year thing, like I or like a one year thing. I basically said that I think that he leaves Champagne an NBA player eventually with his skill set. I think that was the way you termed it. Um, okay. Yeah, give you some credit there. But no, there's not a market in the NBA, as far as I know, for point guards who have never made a three in their careers and shoot 50% from the free throw line. Tough. Uh, Aiden Tree says, just to be clear, you're not reading YouTube comments anymore. Wouldn't going on there and chatting with you throughout the day kind of defeat the purpose of answering it on the pod? It's a fair fair comment. Any any thoughts on how that dynamic will work, Cart? Um, you know what? I feel like the way that we have it organized, though, is... You know, we kind of have a comments channel and at least in the first day, I feel like we've done a good job and the people who are on the Discord have done a good job of kind of making sure it doesn't get cluttered and keeping things in certain areas. So, you know, I think that maybe starting out, it might be a little bit clunky, but at the same time, you know, I I think it'll work itself out. Yeah. To be clear. The plan is uh, at a set date, probably 10-ish days from now, maybe the Monday after next Monday. We are not going to read YouTube comments on episodes going forward. We are only going to read Discord comments on episodes. Every time there's an episode, I'm going to post it in the Discord in a specific channel and ask people for comments they want read on tomorrow's episode in that thread right there. So I think that'll work pretty smoothly. Uh, we just need to make sure there's the right number. But again, part of this too is like, we don't think reading 40 comments a day is sustainable. Um, like, God forbid, if this keeps growing, it would just be way too long of an episode. Nobody wants to listen to that. That said, we love the comments portion of these shows. It's our favorite portion of these shows. So we don't want this to die. And if this is a total miss of what we're trying to do, trust me, we will adjust and figure it out. Um, somebody did throw out like, Hey, you should still pick a couple YouTube comments every day and read them. Just read everyone on the discord. That might be a good compromise. So we'll see where we're at in 10 days. But, uh, for now, if you want to assure that we will read your comments every single day, the only way to do so would be to sign up for the discord, join that community. And, uh, in 10 days that will begin. Steve Dunn said, you guys are batshit crazy to think Purdue is that good without their program's identity. Crazy talk, overvaluing a roster without their eight-footer. A question I have is in the neighborhood of a former Big Ten coach who left for a blue blood self and now is widely considered a top three coach in the game. Izzo is already in the Hall of Fame. If he had left for Kentucky back before Cal took the job, wouldn't he have at least his second ring? Is it actually harder for Tom at MSU or not really anymore? What do you think, Cart? That's a really, really good question. Um I do not think that he would have the same success at Kentucky. I, I think he would have success, um, but I don't know if I go as far to him, like winning, like having that second ring or second championship. I think the mystique around who Izzo is and his brand fits more so with Michigan state than it does with Kentucky. Like, I, but then again, I don't know if you go back and look, if Izzo did go to Kentucky, would we not look at Kentucky more so as like the, the bag school, I guess, or the school that it has become. Uh, I personally, to answer that question, no, I don't think that he would have that, you know, two to three more rings if he was at Kentucky. I think him being at Michigan State, him building the brand at Michigan State around the aura of the program and kind of the way they operate, I think is what leads to his success, both like on the court and in recruiting. Yeah, it's a fascinating question. I I really like your answer. Um, I think the largest thing for me is like when thinking about where a coach will be most successful at, it's about like, hey, is there something a certain program could maximize within that coach's skill set that wouldn't be true elsewhere? For example, John Beeline was a perfect fit at Michigan because Michigan's limitations didn't hurt the way he wanted to coach. Like you could have put John Beeline at a blue blood. And I honestly don't think John Beeline would have been necessarily more successful there because what made John Beeline special was evaluating under the rate radar guys. Like John Beeline was almost better finding four stars and three stars that were going to end up being pros than he was trying to land top 10 recruits in the country. Sometimes he misevaluated those guys. So for Izzo, he was never going to be the biggest like bag dropper 
And I think he's always been like, for lack of a better word, card, a blue collar coach. He's like an outwork, you grind, you guy, relationships guy. And putting him in a spot that, um, you know, the, Kentucky would have a little more pressure, I think, than Michigan State. Kentucky would have uh, demands of pros. Definitely that fan base expects guys to be in and out, even if the one and done model wasn't there. I don't think that maps as well with who Tom Izzo is and the way Michigan State embraces him. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think he could, like, the truth is he could easily have multiple rings at MSU too. He's been close. It's not like that would be a guarantee that he would have been more successful anywhere else. So, um, hope that answers your question, Steve. Final two comments here today, Carr, both about the Discord. Wayne Kerr says $13 a month. Wasn't Greg just clowning Michigan insider pay sites like last episode? I responded to this on the YouTube channel, and I'll just read what I said. But um, just to make it clear, you don't have to pay us anything. None of the content that you are currently getting for free is going away. It never will. Just giving people who want to support us a place to do so that also comes with the perks of getting comments responded to on episodes starting in a couple weeks. Uh, And also, just by the way, we're not clowning pay sites for being pay sites. We're clowning Michigan insiders specifically for paywalling everything just for their updates to be pure fan fiction. Like that's that's a Michigan insider specific thing. That's not a pay site specific thing. And that's where we're coming from on the joke. Yeah, I feel the same. I mean, I, you you hit you hit the nail on the head. Also, um, it's ten dollars if you do it on on your desktop. Don't do it via the app on your on iOS or Android because for some reason the the price goes up. So it's ten dollars when you do it on the desktop. For some reason, it's like thirteen or fourteen with taxes when you do it like via your phone. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. It seems like some shady business with Discord, but yeah, I. I can't figure it out. So yeah, do it. Do it where Card just said to do it. Uh, and final comment today from Mr. Indy Randy 10. No pay, period. You want to respond to that one, Cart? <laughs> Sweet, Randy. <laughs> okay. I just don't like, that's fine. Again, you're you're totally free to not pay us and keep getting all the things from us that we do. <laughs> like, yeah, why leave that comment? I don't get it. Um well, can I? I'll go respond. I'll, can I respond on the actual YouTube channel? You can respond on the actual YouTube channel. I already did, but like, just to I, we said this on Twitter too, and I feel like it comes across as us like begging for money. Do, which I'm sorry, I'll just do voice to text. <laughs> Poor. <laughs> that summarized this way better than I could have. Thank you to the comment section again. If you want to get your comments read starting in a week and a half, come to the Discord. We'll keep doing this for everybody that's over there. Um, Otherwise, continue to watch the show and comment wherever you'd like. You can still grow the comment section on your own if you'd like. Uh, Do whatever pleases you. Pay us or don't pay us. We don't care. We love you all anyway. We just want to keep talking about college basketball. Can I say one last thing? Can I say one last Discord thing before we move on? I just want people to really realize that outside of the actual community parks, you've been in like, you know, uh, board i guess type things like paid board type things yeah and i honestly used to ask you i was like what is that like because i couldn't i was the guy who's like i'm not paying i was the mr randy type and you were like oh well it's just kind of like a sense of community and i feel like we are trying to establish that for one and two just know that we're adding gregory gamble to it also, also that should be your name hashtag gregory gamble that's an elite like gambling tag name and there'll be some good stuff. Is that that, that is that that elite? <laughs> to me, it is. I don't know. I, I I'm getting behind that, but no, I just wanted to get that out there. We're trying to, we're trying to pay for y'all membership too, by the way. Casino Carter. Yeah. Look, this isn't necessarily like, oh, we need money. That's not what we're trying to do here. And if everyone agrees we missed the mark on this, like we're open to listening to that and changing up. But um also the truth is like since we pivoted these daily episodes card, it costs money just to get these on Apple podcasts. Like it's uh, we only have a certain number of hours per month that we can upload. We far exceeded that. We like tripled what our allotment is, what the maximum you can get on buzz sprout paid account is. So again, we've been paying out of pocket for that for a while this month. It was like 60 bucks. That's coming out of my pocket right now. And we don't make any money off this other than a couple of meetings we might have coming up that could pay us something large separate. Who knows? We'll see. But 
the point is we just want people to be able to support us if they want to. If you don't want to, that's totally fine. People enjoy it. Have a great week. Um, but I swear to God, if people keep commenting on our stuff, like we don't want to pay you. I'm just, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> like you can, you can not want to pay us without telling us you don't want to pay us. Yeah, just don't. <laughs> just, just don't tell us. Anyways, moving on uh, three topics today. Let's start with uh, transfer classes across the country. It feels like every roster is totally different than it was six months ago. Uh, I honestly get a little disoriented thinking about it. Like I just forget who's on certain teams and I kind of have to like bookmark Jeff Borzello's roster article to go see. But my question for you is now that the dust has sort of settled, it seems like things have died down. There's still a couple small ads coming in. Quez Glover just committed to Kansas state yesterday. He was headed to BYU. He's from Samford, another guard that can score. Who do you think is the best transfer class in the country? Because I feel like we have to evaluate this almost like a recruiting class now. And I don't really feel like transfer class rankings have become as buzzy of a thing as recruiting rankings have. But uh, now that it's it's done, if today was the final day and rosters were finalized, who would you say is the best transfer class from this season? So just some background on this, because I feel like there's a couple of different ways you can go with this. You can go with, um, what transfer class fits the best, not necessarily the most talented. You could go with, you know, the must-bus method, the the most transfers, the most talented transfers that you can get. Um, and going through, I think there's a definitely a couple of different choices on here. I don't think there's a distinct number one clear, like I'm not trying to argue with this with you. That's very obvious who it is. Uh, but I think for the best transfer class, I would go Kansas. I would go Kansas because – I think Hunter Dickinson, obviously, the ad, to me, he's the best transfer that was added if we're just looking at actual prospects added. Like, that is a first-team All-American, a former first-team All-American, All-American level talent player that is added to a team. And then you go and get the shooting of Timberlake. And then maybe one of the most underrated portions of this that I feel like people don't mention as much is the audition of Arterio Morris as well from Texas. I mean, he was a really good pickup. Um, so I think I would go Kansas as the best transfer class. Just I think that that bunch right there is talented and also the way it fits into the team, I think works perfectly. So I think Kansas is one of two answers I would agree with. Um, at the second one I'm going to throw out, I just want to get your thoughts on is Kansas's rival and it is Kansas State. It's the group that just brought in Quez Glover. I feel like this class is going under the radar and I might be giving them a little too much credit based on what happened with their transfers last year. Like it, they got Marquise Noel, they got Keontae Johnson. Nobody really thought much of either of those ads. And then a month into the season, it was like, oh, these guys are all Americans. I think part of that is a Jerome Tang system. Like he lets his guys rock. And I think he's going to do that again with this group. But like Arthur Kaluma could be really good for Kansas State. Tyler Perry's a guy I actually am high on. Everybody knows I'm really skeptical about mid-major transfer guards, but I think Tyler Perry's going to be really good. And now you add Quez Glover to that where like, okay, you got two lottery tickets at the guard position instead of one. I feel like that bodes pretty well for a coach with the transfer track record like Jerome Tang. I would be shocked if two out of those three aren't like really, really good in a first and second option role for Kansas State next year. So... I'm going to give them the nod card. I think like Hunter Dickinson on paper is better. And you add Arterio Morris into that fair answer. But I think I'm taking the trio of Kansas States as like, they're going to have more impact than Kansas's group will next season. I'm not mad at that pick. And I think you brought up a great point with what Jerome Tang does with his guys too, especially like looking at Arthur Kaluma. Like, I feel like the, the I guess call it the the marriage of Kaluma and Tang at Kansas State could really unlock some things for him because I feel like he got a little bit stagnant at Creighton at some times to me and I feel like he kind of needed that change of scenery and he's going to be playing with a guy who's a different style coach than McDermott is and a, in a system that's going to let him rock basically so I, I like that pick by you that's who I was going I was going between I think my third the other option I was going to go was Bama. I like the the additions that Bama had uh, just because Estrada is an absolute bucket and I'm higher on Nelson than other people. So that's what was going to be my other team. I don't know what it is about Nelson. I just don't fully trust him. 
Like, are is they it playing? The facial hair? Is it the mustache? It, it might be that. Are they playing him at the four? Is he a three? See, is he a five? See, I'm not sure where they're playing him. Yeah, it scares me. I like. I feel like he almost kind of needs to be like a versatile big to be fully utilized, but I don't think that works in the SEC. Um, uh, some other honorable mentions. I like Texas. I think Max Asmus should be getting a lot more love on these lists. And I think, yeah, I think I think like Asmus and Tyrese Hunter works a lot better on paper than Marcus Carr and Tyrese Hunter did. So I'm pretty excited about that. Like, I feel like Hunter takes a step forward now that he has a shooter next to him instead of a ball dominant guy next to him. And Shedrick has a rim protector. I really like big 12 classes in general are loaded, man. Like Houston, Steel- Houston stealing LJ crier, or I mean, Bay- yeah, Houston stealing LJ crier. Yeah. Um, Baylor got RJ, Ray J Dennis. They got some dudes like Jaden Nunn. Like the, yeah, the big 12 went dumb actually. <laughs> yeah. The big 12. West Virginia too, right? Yeah, that's big, is, yeah. Okay. Is the Big Twelve the best conference in college basketball again? Yeah, pretty clearly, right? Yeah. Is it going to be forever? No, because eventually they're not going to be there anymore. Ah, uh, realignment, your favorite. Hey, <laughs> hey, let's move on. Uh, I want to talk Jeremiah Fears, aka Jeremy Fears, little brother. We love a good brother. We love a good sibling duo in college basketball. I feel like that's we just need to say that off the top. Uh, take everything we say in this segment with a grain of salt. Unless because you're a I, I, I'm a big fan of siblings, unless you're a Christie family, apparently. Unless your family has wronged one of us, we're a big sibling duo fan. Uh, Jeremiah Fears is good. He's a four-star point guard, much like his brother Jeremy Fears. Similar rated, I would say, at the similar age. Uh, he's a 2025 recruit for now. But if you listen to Jeremiah's dad then there's a 95% chance he's reclassifying to 2024. Notable cart that that news was broken on an Illinois publication this week. Jeremiah Fears also has posted on his Instagram story that he is going to announce his decision on January 13th. He's announcing that on August 13th. So I, unless there's like a family member's birthday or that's a meaningful date to someone, I'll reserve judgment. But uh Kind of crazy move to be like, I don't know where I'm committing, but I'm committing on this random day in January. <laughs> he has offers from everyone, by the way. Like one would think Michigan State's around here. Illinois is obviously in it. He has offers from Arizona, Gonzaga, Air, uh, Tennessee, and uh, of course, Michigan cart. And from my conversations with the Michigan staff, they feel fantastic about where they're at with Jeremiah Fears. So where where is this headed? What do you think is going to happen? Is he reclassifying and where does he end up? Well, if he does end up in 2024, the Michigan staff has to assess if they'll be able to get him and Cooper flag. I don't know if they can necessarily play together. Um, but for for me, it's it's a case of, yes, they're brothers. And I, I, know, I don't know if this is where you want to go with this portion, but they're completely different players in my eyes. I think that Jeremy is more of a, actually a pure point guard, or just a, a little more pass-first type point guard. Jeremiah is wired to score. He's got a bag. Like he's a score first point guard and not in a bad way either. And I'm not saying he can't pass. He's, I think he's going to be a really good college basketball player um, for some reason though. And I don't, this is not to deter him in any way. I, I don't know if Jeremy fear or sorry, not Jeremy, Jeremiah fears would fit into the fold at Michigan state only because he seems like a guy who really wants to come in and get minutes right away. And he immediately would play behind his brother. Um, I don't think that he'd play over a guy like Kurt Tang. Uh, I don't think he'd play over a guy if Jay Nakins comes back for a senior year. Um, so I, I just don't know if he wants to play. It, I think it's more so knowing what he wants to do right away. And to me, he seems like a guy who wants to come in, play major minutes, and get his shots. And I think there might be other teams that might fit that mold over Michigan State. Now, granted, I want him. Like, the don't, don't let this deter you. I want him, and I think he'd be a great Michigan State basketball player. But I don't know. It just seems that maybe he would want it. And this is me being my putting on my body reader, mind, body language reader hat, or whatever you want to call it. He just seems like maybe a kid who wants to kind of go on his own path, too. Not everyone wants to follow in the footsteps of their brother, you know? There's two options I think make sense if he's truly reclassifying. Option one is Michigan State. 
And that would seem to be, oh, he wants to play with his brother. Maybe this is a who knows how long his brother's going to be a Michigan State thing. Maybe the Fears family thinks Jeremy Fears is an NBA guy in two years. Maybe Jeremy and Jeremiah just want to maximize. They get three years of playing together. Who knows? That To me, that's where my head went first. Like, oh, he's reclassifying? Okay, he probably wants to go to Michigan State and play quickly with his brother. Option two, isn't there a certain program that we've been saying needs a point guard sooner rather than later for a while now? And the sooner they get a point guard, the bigger opportunity there is for that player who is now going to be their point guard. Like, if if there was one school on this list that would make sense to, like, a point guard needs to come in quickly, it's Illinois, right? Like, well, wouldn't that, wouldn't that set off the chain of, wouldn't that be the canon event for Illinois basketball? What do you mean? Okay, so you have a pretty good freshman year, let's say, from Dre Gibbs Lawhorn. Mm-hmm. Keys next year. Why are we recruiting Jeremiah Fears? Jeremiah Fears is another kind of ball dominant, not pass first point guard. Dre Gibbs Lawhorn gets upset. Wait, wait, wait. Jeremiah's not a pass first point guard. Jeremiah? Yeah. No. Jeremiah's <laughs> a buck. I I thought he was both though. Like I I've never watched anything on Jeremiah Fears and been like that guy's not a passer. No, I no I wouldn't say that, but I think he's more of a bucket than a passer. Like you know how Jeremy Fears is like you know has the floor general mantra. Yeah, Jer- Jeremiah is not a floor general. Oh, I I disagree based on what I've seen. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think he's as special as Jeremy Fears as like that guy's an elite passer. But I've seen seen a lot of Jeremiah Fears like transition no look stuff like threading a bounce pass full court i think he's a very unselfish very high level passer that that's a staple of his game from what i've seen um but i don't know like you're right like (laughs) that would that would be but that's at a certain point it's like okay is it the program or is it the people in it because i wouldn't blame illinois for trying to bring in jeremiah fierce quickly and if that pisses off other guys, that's the other guy's problem. And mm-hmm. like, I, I guess it's Illinois' fault for continually bringing in those type of guys. But like, if Dre Gibbs Lawhorn gets mad that Jeremiah Fears is coming in quickly, that's on Dre Gibbs Lawhorn. <laughs> and hey, hey, this this little segment is going to be clipped by some Illini fan, and they're going to be like, "See, Greg, it's not it's not Brad's fault. It's not it's not his fault. It's the players' fault." Yeah, but I mean. The counter side of that is if you do it every single year, like, (laughs) I mean, but I don't know this, this roster's in a better place. Cause last year it was like six guys at once. were getting upset this year. It's the only guy anyone's worried about is DGL. Nobody else is going to freak out. Jeremiah fears would be a lot of fun. Illinois. I would hate that as a Michigan state fan. And I, you know, I don't think he has the measurables of IO, but like, wouldn't he be like an IO usage level type player? Or could he be? Yeah, I think he would be a guy the ball's in his hands immediately. Um, I, It would be fun. Like, I'm trying to think of the last time this has really happened. It would be fun to have brothers on different teams playing against each other in a starter role at the same position for, like, three years. Yeah, that would be. I don't don't think – that doesn't happen either. Like, imagine it's 2027. Jeremy Fears is a senior. Jeremiah Fears is a junior. Michigan State, Illinois, final game of the regular season for a Big Ten title. That's electric. That's electric. I think there's a chance. What's uh percentage graded out? What uh what chance does he go to Michigan State? What chance does he go to Illinois? What chance does he go anywhere else? Mm, you know, he did just transfer to uh Arizona Compass, uh prep school out there. So in my eyes, that gives the West Coast schools a chance to get in there. I know he has like Oregon offers and things like that. And Oregon has pretty good ties to that uh, Arizona Compass program. And they've got guys like uh, Mookie Cook these past couple of years. Um, I would say, uh, you know, I'll say this. I'll say 70% a non-Big Ten school, 30% Big Ten school. I'm so opposite of this. Sorry, sorry, sorry. 60-40. 60, 60% non-Big Ten school. 40% Big Ten school. Wow. Okay. Then call your shot. Where? I don't want to call my shot because I'd, I'd just be guessing. That's not our game. Okay. Not um, my game. I, I couldn't be more 
opposite of you. I think this is 45% Illinois, 50% Michigan State, 5% anywhere else. Well, if the record shows, you're going to be right. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see what happens. Final topic today. I want to do lists here. Uh, We did Big Ten Guard tiers yesterday, inspired by DK, who had an article on SpartanHoops.com that you can go read on his guard tiers. Today, I want to talk freshmen. Don't matter what position, but there's a lot of really good, talented players coming in this season to various schools. Uh, Riley Davis noted that a couple weeks back on a Riley Friday of like, damn, there's more talent coming in than I thought. A lot of guys with a lot of opportunity, some with lesser opportunity, but still a ton of talent. So I asked you to make a list of your top five Big Ten freshmen as far as like impact goes, not just like pedigree, who's the best talent. Top five impact Big Ten freshmen. Uh, I want to hear your list, and then I'm going to give you my list. So give give us your five through one in order. Five, four, three, two, one, and then I'll do mine. Okay, I got you. I want to kind of pull it up here. Please. I thought we were going to go back and forth, but I'm good with the five, four, three, two, one. I can go first if you want to prepare yours. Yeah, can you? Sure. All right, I'm going to start at five. I gotta get. I gotta get. Goddamn baby name list. Like oh notes. I gotta get past that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start at five. Dre Gibbs Lawhorn is fifth on my list. I think he's going to play 25 to 30 minutes for Illinois, and if he emerges at point guard, they will be a much better team. Uh, maybe 10 points a game season for him. Loading is my prediction. Number four, Scotty Middleton, Ohio State. Uh, I would be higher if I'm just making a list of like talents here. I think I would actually put Scotty Middleton a little bit higher on this list. I think he, more than anybody in this conference, has the best chance of going one and done this season. Um, he's a little lower for me, mostly because I think Bruce Thornton is going to be the guy on Ohio State in a way that could maybe not allow Scotty Middleton to be like a 16 a game scorer, like I think he's capable of, but um, still a reason why I'm high on Ohio State. Three. This one's going to surprise you, I think. I'm curious to see if he'll be on your list. Jamie Kaiser from Maryland. All the buzz from anyone who's watched this Maryland team on their overseas trip has been that Kaiser has been arguably their best player. That's big when they have Jameer Young in the backcourt and DHS, another name that may or may not be on my list coming still. I think I'm buying Kaiser as a legit guy on this team. I think uh, he has all Big Ten potential, not first team or anything, but like, he could be a 12, 13 a game scorer, 40% shooter from three, really versatile wing. Uh, I'm in on Jamie Kaiser. Number two, Deshaun Harris Smith. He's second on my list. I think he might be first on yours, if I'm guessing. But a uh, guy that I expect to have a chance to lead Maryland in scoring, make all conference teams immediately, and has a great shot at being a one and done on a good Maryland team. And number one, Cart, drum roll, please. Any guesses based on where my list is at right now? Do you have a guess on who my number one is? Xavier Booker. It's Xavier Booker from Michigan State. Uh, I'm not the biggest Xavier Booker guy. I love Xavier Booker, but opportunity on a good team is there. Like I, I think Xavier Booker by the end of the season is playing all the crunch time minutes at center. I think he's a 25 to 30 minute guy on this team at the four and the five, the two biggest positions of need on a great team. And uh, he's going to be productive. I don't care. Like he's too, he's too talented. Even if he has motor issues or anything wrong, he's too talented. His job's going to be so easy catching lobs from the point guards. Like he's going to be a killer. And I have no concerns about that for Michigan state. That's my list. I like that list. I like that list. All right. Got mine here. Uh, Can I go one to five for you? No, you got to go five to one. You got to go five to one. Okay. At five, I had Jamie Kaiser on my list because I think that he'll have, a lot of opportunities. He'll have people around him. I think his impact will be felt a lot, and it's something that's really needed by Maryland. Like we talked about the shooting that they need. He'll be able to provide that. He showed it in high school. He showed it on the foreign tour. I have no doubts that he will be a guy who will be able to show that kind of during the season. At four, I had Drake Gibbs Lawhorn. Obviously, he's going to have the ability to play a lot of minutes this year. We know how I feel about him. I will still say it to the death. Carson Edwards 2.0 eventually. I do not care. He's got that type of game. Three, Scotty Middleton. I think Scotty Middleton is obviously an NBA player one day for me. Um, I think he will have a lot of opportunities to score. I don't think Bruce Thornton is going to score. Need to 
score and do as much because of the talent around them. And Scotty Middleton is one of the guys who will have that talent. At two, I had Xavier Booker. Say what you want about the motor issues. There's a, like you said, there's a window there for him to play a lot. And I think that his talent will show. And then one easy, Deshaun Harris-Smith. He's, he's an NBA player. He's a day one starter for this Maryland team. He's going to form one of the best backcourts in the Big Ten with Jameer Young. I, I have no doubt. I think that might be one of my safest like bets for this Big Ten season. That Deshaun Harris-Smith is going to be really good. Who is your number four? I'm sorry. I totally zoned out because uh, my daughter's waking up. I'll give Lawhorn. Okay. So we have the same five players, just wiggled around a different order. Uh, I But, I mean, I went back and forth with, like, the four through, like, seven guys, I think. Because, like, initially, Cohen Carr was on my list. But I saw more of a gap for, like, guys like Xavier Booker to play than I did for Cohen Carr, necessarily. I don't know. Like, I, I wanted him in my five, but I couldn't get him there. There's only one name that I considered to crack my five that didn't, and it's Miles Colvin from Purdue. Um, he's off the list just purely for opportunity. Like I, I think uh, mostly I think TKR is going to actually take so many of the minutes at the four that like Colvin's going to get hurt by like Morton and Gillis and Waddell and Hyde all needing minutes at the three at once. Um, but outside of that, like, I think this is a pretty consensus top five. Kaiser's the one people could argue the most, but like, you're not putting like Gabe cups on here. You're not putting Brock Harding on here over those guys. Like these, are you? I, could, I considered Brock Hardy. I think these five are pretty consensus. Um, I don't know. Cone Carr, I don't, I would have yelled at you if you put Cone Carr on your list. I'm not going to lie. What? Because he's really fun, but like, can we do a Cone Carr projection? What is Cone Carr averaging this year in his 18 minutes off the bench for Michigan State? He'll play more than 18 minutes. You want to make a little wager on that? Yeah, sure. What do you want to do? We can figure that out. Maybe okay. we'll do the, yes, maybe we'll, yes, I, yes I, a wager will be put in place. I think if you lose, I want you to have to record live stream a full golf round using your current clubs. Okay. I mean, if you want people to see that. Yeah. Okay. That's what, that's what I want. Okay. Okay. Um. And then for every stroke you shoot over 100, you have to eat a pancake. I don't know if I can eat 40 pancakes again, man. <laughs> That'd be pretty fun. He just, like, isn't he going to be like a six and four guy in year one? Nah, I think he'll hover around nine points, probably six rebounds. Is every that, is every Michigan State player going to score nine points or more a game this year? What's Malik, no. Hall, what's Malik Hall averaging? Five and five. Okay, so that's cars taking production from Malik Hall. That's the thought. I, I think Malik could average 10, 10 and five too. So, so Malik's got ten. Cohen's got ten. Aiken's got twelve. AJ's got fourteen. Tyson's got eighteen. Booker's got ten. No, I'm sorry. Booker's got fifteen. Polar's got ten. Cars oh, got. <laughs> what, what are we? What's Cooper Soko got? What's Trey Holloman got? Where's he at? Um. Look, man, I love Cohen Carr. He's he's not on this list for a reason. It's fair to say. Okay. Well, I would wouldn't you have considered Fears over Carr? Like Fears is a better player, isn't he? Yeah, but I think Carr is going to have more opportunity than Fears, unfortunately. Okay. Unfortunately. So Jay Nakin's going to the bench then. You got you know what? I'm going to ban Jay Nakins and Purdue talk. For the rest where's of the where's the opportunity coming from? I'm just trying to see where the opportunity is for a car. Yeah, who's going to the I bench? Think the, I think I think at the four. So Malik Hall is going to the bench, but he might score ten a game. But he might be hurt. <laughs> okay, all right, fair. Uh, did you give any consideration to the other Ohio State guys? Um, uh, I thought about Devin Royal. Um, how honestly, talent wise, I thought about Chat Chapman too, but I just don't think he'll have the opportunity with the guards they have. Unfortunately, okay. like this list would look totally different if we were just t- picking like our five like favorite best like talented freshmen. Like opportunity and fit and role factors into this greatly. Yeah, 
I agree. Um, I thought about all the Ohio State guys because I'm really high on that class in general. There's also one other name we haven't mentioned. I don't think we've ever said his name on the show before that I really strongly considered. And he finished 6B to Miles Colvin 6A for me. Any guesses on who it is? George Washington. Mm-mm. What school? One of your favorite schools right now in the Big Ten. A, a program I think we'll talk about a lot more in a year than we are right now. I'm not blanking on this. Rutgers. Gavin Griffiths. I like Gavin Griffiths. Gavin Griffiths is good, man. And uh, again, Rutgers is another team that's played a little bit overseas. And for what I'm hearing, he looks the part and he looks like a guy who's like going to play a big scoring role for Rutgers on a team that like well, doesn't they, have a lot of scoring. Yeah, I'll say they got they got they got room for scoring. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in on Griffiths. I think there's a it, OK of our five. We have the same five other than the order. Booker, DHS, Kaiser, Middleton, Gibbs, Lawhorn. Which one of those five are you most confident or do you think has the biggest risk of like blowing up and not being good? Uh, this might be bad, but it could it could be Booker. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think it could be. I see. I don't see that. I just think he's too like even in a worst case Booker scenario, he's way better at catching lobs from AJ Hogarth than the other. True. Bears. True. I, I it's got to be Gibbs Lawhorn then. I think it's Gibbs Lawhorn or Kaiser. Like maybe Kaiser were just like buying into the offseason hype a little too much. But like I don't there's not a world where any of those guys implode to me. There's a world where Gibbs Lawhorn just there's a world there's a world where Jamie Kaiser is Russell Bird. Yeah. I guess. I guess. What can we do worse worst case scenario player comments for all five of these guys real quick? Let's end on a negative <laughs> note today. Who's uh we've 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 called Gibbs Lawhorn Carson Edwards. What's his worst case? Um gosh, I don't even know like a bad uh emotional Rocket Watts. <laughs> oh my god. More more dramatic subtweeting Rocket Watts. Okay. Scotty Middleton. Cormac. Yeah, I could see that, which is a good. Like that's a good worst case scenario for Scotty Middleton. Jamie Kaiser, Russell Bird. Yeah. DHS. Ooh, I don't know. Kegel first. Is there a world where DHS is Carlton Brundage? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Like just a, it's not a likely world, but it's a world. Yeah. Okay. And Xavier Booker. Don't do Deontay Davis. That's lazy. No, I was going to say Martin Clark. Any more like big, big though? I'm trying to think of like lazy centers. Oh, <laughs> your boy. Who? Who? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Amir. Oh, stop it. Don't I'm even, sorry. Don't even, don't isn't, do that, that. isn't that the worst case scenario? Is actually Stop that nonsense. I think that's the worst case scenario. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hey, we don't mess with the Hamada down these ways. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's go to our one. How dare you? <laughs> our one big thing for setting by Big B. Big B, where friends overlook mean things friends say about them while drinking coffee. Big B. <laughs> um, go, go ahead. What's your one big thing today? Uh, my one big thing, I want to send a shout out to one of my really good friends um and your wife is it, is it amir williams no <laughs> no your wife Mal. uh she's she's back at work today i bet that is tough like going back to work after you know being on leave and i just want to send a shout out to her personally and hope she's in a good place and you are in a good place as well you guys are doing the thing you're being parents there's adjustments that come in life life isn't one big paternity leave so just shout out to y'all for making it happen and doing the work and making it look easy, to be honest. Appreciate that. Yeah, Mal's, Mal's a rock star. I've said that before on camera and many times off camera, but very lucky to have her. She's the best mom. And uh, yeah, it is it's hard in general. I'm sure anyone that is a parent that listens to this knows, but um, 
I mean, being a parent is hard. And one of the harder moments thus far has been the realization that, oh, shit, our life goes on even with this thing we have to take care of. So um, she's crushing it. We'll get through it. We'll figure it out. It might make our episodes a little more in not, not infrequent. I think we're still going to find a way, but the timing might be a little all over the place. Uh, maybe some interruptions where I have to go rock a baby. We'll see how it goes. But I'm glad you went there because I was in between like happy, emotional shout out to the wife versus just a, a stupid one big thing. So now I get to do the stupid one big thing. Yesterday, I talked about food. I'm going to go back to food. But instead of negative food, I'm going to go positive food spin. I have the food role player of the year. Any guesses what the food role player of the year is before I just say it? For you? This food is so iconic in its role. So iconic. It's a role player, but God, it's the role player of the year. So banana? Oyster crackers. Let me tell you something about oyster crackers, okay? It's a role player. Like I said, it's a role player. You're not reaching in the cupboard to grab the oyster crackers. You're not building an offense around the oyster cracker. Oyster crackers aren't going out and getting you 25 and 5. You don't need that. That's not how you win. You might not even see the oyster crackers for a couple weeks. You might not even touch the oyster cracker. You might not think about it for about a month or so. But then one day you do. One one little moment. One afternoon you're like, you know what? I need a grilled cheese and some chicken noodle soup for dinner tonight. That oyster cracker starts stretching, man. That oyster cracker hops up off the bench. That oyster cracker, it gets out of the bullpen. It gets its juices flowing. And you grab about... 10, 15 of those oyster crackers, you put them in the soup cart. You let them sit in the soup for about 10, 15 seconds, and then you start scooping the soup with the cracker in the soup. There is no better role player food. That is, It is one role, but he is so elite in that role. Shout out to oyster crackers. I mean, respect. Uh, a couple things wrong with that. One, having a grilled cheese without tomato soup and having chicken noodle soup instead, insane move. Tomato soup's gross. If you shaved all your facial hair, your head would look like an oyster cracker, too. Thanks. Great note to end the show on. Uh, Click the link in our description if you would like to join the Discord. That's a great way to support us. We'll be back tomorrow for Thursday's episode of the Sleepers Podcast. Have a great day, Carr. Thanks, everybody, for listening.